Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, Dewey Thompson, Ray Lyon, and Brianna Larimer share their decades of experience training in workplaces across the nation and talk to other experts about what it takes to be a team player, a great manager, and a leader others want to follow. This is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals find insights and inspiration for success. I'm Ray Lyon, the Associate Director at Missouri Training Institute, and I'm so excited to be bringing you um, a former Missouri Training Institute employee. This is Lindsay Jacobs, and uh, come to find out, she's been gone like seven years. I can't believe it. I can't either, Ray. (laughs) Well, Lindsay, thank you so much. Um, The reason I asked Lindsay to speak with us today is I wanted to just share a little bit of the experience of transitioning from being a student um, to now being a full-time professional. And I'm too far gone. I've been out of the out of school for decades, and I just wanted a fresh perspective. So let me just start with you know how long have you been out of college, Lindsay? Um, I graduated in May of 2013, so it's been about eight years. <laughs> okay, All yeah. right. so yeah. long enough to be working and being grounded in a professional career, but not so long ago that you've forgotten what it's like to be a student. Okay. So let me, let me get you to go back in your cranium files uh, for just a minute. And when was your first job ever? My first job was when I was 16. I got a part-time job working for JCPenney. Um, as a customer service associate. And did you work all through high school and and college? I did. I worked uh, all through high school. My first semester of college, I didn't work because I thought that would be a good idea and give me plenty of time to study and um, adjust to college life. For me personally, um, it wasn't helpful. And, um, you know, I got to college and I had so much time to do everything that I, I didn't know how to manage my time. Um, so I got a job starting like my second semester freshman year, and that greatly helped me for time management. <laughs> wow. How interesting. So actually having more to do helped you be more organized with your time. Is that what I'm hearing? Oh, greatly. Yes. (laughs) When I have all the time in the world to do something, I won't do it. (laughs) You know, I hear people say that, you know, when I've got more on my to-do list, I actually get more done. Um, And I know, I mean, I saw you in action when you worked for us. You were a a diligent student as well as a, you know, a, a diligent employee. So I'm hearing that working as you're going to school, actually benefited you and and helped you in that process. Um, So tell me what it was like when you were nearing the end of your college experience. Um, Was there anything that you didn't do in college that you wish you had done to help set you up for transitioning into the work, work world? Yes, Um, I would say a lot. I realized by the time I was a senior that um, I'm from a smaller town, went to a small high school. Uh, Going to Mizzou was really 
big and at times overwhelming. And I realized that if I would have gotten involved with more organizations, um, try to get more involved in my classes, like get to know my professors more, it would have made things seem smaller. And I, I finally figured that out by junior and senior year. And it's something I wished I had gotten familiar with uh, freshman and sophomore year, because I think that's what you have to do in the workplace as well, especially uh, right now I work for a really big company and it can be uh, easy to feel like, uh, you know, lost in this, this big world. Uh, but if you find uh, your strengths and find uh, groups of people who you want to work with, it can make things seem smaller and uh, more fun. So let me ask you, in the time that you've been out of college, how many different jobs have you had? Since I graduated, I've worked for two different companies and I've probably had about three different jobs total. Um, I spent three years at one company and had two different roles. And then in my current job, I've had different titles, but I'm still basically doing the same thing. Uh, Just more responsibilities as I've gone. And there are somewhat lateral moves, but one of those where you you have to try on the different hats if you ever want to move up. What kind of skills or knowledge do you think in in looking on those moves helped you the most? Uh, That's a good question. Um, I think what helped me a lot um, was learning how to manage my time um, and how to communicate with my my bosses um, to make sure they knew when I was needing help with something, when I felt good about something, uh, you know, when I was struggling, I think having that communication is key. And it took me a little while to figure it out. Um, I really struggled at first with asking for help um, because I didn't want people to think I was a, you know, clueless 23 year old. Um, Then (laughs) I ended up that way. Yeah, exactly. I was. was. I'm like, I should have asked for help. It was, it was a good lesson to learn, even though it was a very painful lesson to learn that uh, you have to ask for help and you have to check in with your, you know, your, hopefully you have a very supportive uh, boss and team and you have to check in with them and let them know how you're doing. And uh, don't be afraid to ask questions and, and learn. So I think those things helped me a lot. Um, and also just starting to, as you work, think about what you enjoy doing and what you're good at doing and how can you do more of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of gives you an opportunity to shine and distinguish yourself um, and be considered for those promotions. When in thinking about that communication between employee and boss, and we kind of laughed about being that clueless 23-year-old, how do you learn to make that connection? Were you modeling? Um, did you have a mentor? Um, did you just screw up and then and then learn from that mistake? I mean, what what was that turning point for you? I think uh, a couple things helped me a lot. I did have uh, my very first boss, I I had interned with Macy's and then after I graduated, I came back and worked with them. So I I had the same boss both times and um, she really believed in me. She was a real like sponsor um, and advocate for me. So um, then when I I did fail and I did struggle really hard for a while, she helped coach me through. Um, So I think being able to like cultivate that relationship with my boss. Um, and then also kind of reaching a, a failure point, um, and, and made, you know, made me realize I had to change some things and, um, grow as a, as a leader. 
um, that really helped me uh, kind of reach that point and realize what I had to do to to turn things around and succeed. Yeah, a, a lot of times our last mistake is our biggest teacher. You know, oh, so true. Being, being open to seeing that, you know, definitely. Um, what when you were looking for employers? I mean, obviously Macy's coming into Macy's as your first employer, and then where you are now. Um, what kinds of things were you looking for? Uh, I was looking for. Um, for one, like what kind of work it was, was it something that was interesting to me? I, I was a business uh, management major with the textile and apparel marketing minor. So I knew I had some interest in, in retail. So that was part of why I chose Macy's. Um, it also mattered to me, like, um, you know, where, where would I be working? I didn't want to be too far from home, but I did want to move to a a bigger city. So I'd moved to St. Louis after graduating. Um, and things like, like benefits and salary were important to me as well. I think that was kind of where my head was at when I was a senior in college, but I remember that and, uh, being very overwhelmed with everything that was out there. (laughs) Did that, has that evolved in the past Eight years? Yes, I would say um, I do like, well, I do still consider all of those things. And I do think that they're all important. I also try to do more research on the culture. You know, now I know more about what do I like? What do I not like? Um, now that I have that experience. And so now I'm, I'm definitely more interested in a company's culture. Um, interested in how stable that career is. Um, you know, whether you, maybe it's something you're really passionate about and you're willing to take that risk, um, or maybe it's something you're not so sure about and and you maybe don't want to take that risk and enter a a job that's not so stable. Um, so those are things now, you know, while I still consider what kind of work is it salary, but I do have to say, I have worked five years at, uh, Cerner, which is an electronic medical record healthcare company. Uh, which has nothing to do with uh, what I studied. And so in that way, you know, uh, on its face, it doesn't seem like as a senior in college, the work I thought I wanted to do. And I really enjoy it now. So uh, sometimes you think that the, uh, you know, the title or the work is going to be really important uh, and and you want it to be this like cookie cutter thing that fits your major and what you've been studying. Uh, But you might find that that's not what interests you at all. So (laughs) What do you think your employment at Cerner, what are some of the top strengths that it's asking of you? Yeah. Um, so what I have learned, and uh, you'll like this. So I've I've taken um, the Strength Finders, Clifton Strength Finders. I've taken it three times. I took it as a senior in, uh, in uh, college. I took it while I was working at Macy's. And then again, now that I'm working at Cerner. And um, one of my top five every time is a ranger. Um, I, I like, you know, taking all the pieces of things and, and putting it together like a puzzle. Um, so I, I enjoy that kind of problem solving and organizing. Um, and I get to do that a lot with my work now because, um, we, you know, I'm managing, um, a fairly large project with lots of things in motion. And so I'm always having to figure out, um, who on my team is going to work with what, what are their strengths and how can I align that with the, the open projects we have? Um, so I'd say that's one way I've been able to like 
take what I'm good at and, and what I enjoy doing and then apply it to my to my work and something that's relevant to uh, what I do every day. I want to talk a little bit about coming in to a workplace that might already, you know, have established teams and projects that already are ongoing. And now you're the new kid on the block and walking in. What kind of advice or, you know, suggestions do you have for, you know, being the new kid at the lunch table? Uh, That's a great question, especially right now, as uh, a lot of people are joining the workforce. I would say, What's good to do is to always be, um, especially in this remote world, checking in with somebody like a leader on your team. Um, Ask what you can do, ask how you can help, uh, what you should be working on. Um, If they're working on something, ask if you can shadow that and take every opportunity you can to learn because a lot of times people are are very eager to, to teach and show you things. If I have new team members and I don't hear from them very often, I I start to worry about them and I start to reach out more, which might make me seem a little micromanagey, right? (laughs) But, but we have to keep in touch with people and make sure everyone's doing okay. But Uh, My folks who reach out to me all the time and say, what can I work on? Uh, What are you working on right now? Can I shadow? Can I help? Uh, I think those are great things to do to really get your foot in the door and start to get to know people and develop relationships with your coworkers. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, And it's kind of, you know, if if you could write a letter to yourself, you know, what would you tell your former self as a new graduate? I would tell myself a few things. I would say <laughs> it's okay that you're not certain on things right now. You you know, just because you've picked one one job, one company, um, you can move on uh, and, and you'll be okay. <laughs> you can make <laughs> industry changes and you'll you'll be okay. I would also say, don't be afraid to ask for help and don't be afraid to fail. Um, but don't fail because you didn't ask for help. Because <laughs> uh, that, you know, it, it, I learned a lot from it, but um, I, I know I won't make that mistake again. And the last thing I think I would tell myself, because I remember being so nervous when I graduated, is um, just, you know, reflect on the things that you enjoy and you're good at and try to find ways to bring those to work um, and make, make your job fun and and always something that you're you're learning something new and learning something you're interested in. Yeah, I've heard a, a theme in in your responses that it sounds like self awareness is really important. Um, and you mentioned like the Clifton Strengths. Are there other things, or maybe other you know through your company? How does how do employers speak to that? Um, I know in the in the two places that you've been, but. Is, is there anything going on related to that within the companies? Um, yeah, we, we've used things like like frameworks like Strength Finders uh, before. I know at my current employer, we have associate behaviors that we work on a lot. So um, things like collaborate, um, include, engage. Uh, so some things like that. And they give you lots of examples and resources. And I think a lot of companies work that way and try to help you visualize and give you, uh, you know, potential action plans for how you can reflect on your current skills and what you can do to um, improve and, and align with the company's, uh, the company's desired culture and, and behaviors that they want their employees to demonstrate. You know, it's such a different workplace, you know, than when I was entering it back in the early 80s. Ah! Um, 
you know, it was all about your your skills at, at a particular task and just how easy it was for you to learn or how quickly it was for you to ramp up and, you know, be able to attack the, the stack on your desk. And it's really, and I love it now because it's really evolved into the interaction and the interdependency that we have as a team. And so really being able to get along. What happens when somebody doesn't get along? I always joke and um, every college student will roll their eyes at me right now, but uh, group projects in a way in college really prepare you for this kind of thing in real life. Because I sometimes joke that the workplace is just a big group project all the time. Um, (laughs) You know, you have different personalities, you have different uh, work styles. Luckily for me, I haven't had to experience it quite as much in my more recent role, but I saw it a lot in my first few years of um, maybe associates not getting along. I think if you are the person, uh, maybe you're a a team lead and you're the one who's trying to mediate and, you know, uh, get get people to, to find some common ground, um, it's important to get them together, have them calmly explain um, how one person feels and how the other person feels without making a lot of blaming statements um, wow. and finger pointing. Um, and then to, to, you know, try to point out some things that they might have in common or that they can do to, to avoid some of it. Um, and sometimes it's just those two people don't work well together and you have to try to uh, schedule them at different times. You, you know, you, yeah. you have to make some accommodations and understand, but sometimes things result in disciplinary action, right? But I think dealing with conflict in the workplace, it's important to be mindful of how um, others, what others are going through, how they might take your feedback um, and to be, yeah, just very mindful and strategic with how you give it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's interesting because, you know, on one hand, we're talking about knowing yourself and that self-awareness, you know, how, what you're good at, where you shine, your strengths, your talent, but in an interdependent environment, knowing how my teammate works, you know, their work style, how they conflict, you know, how they like to receive feedback, you know, where, where their strengths are that I might be able to tap into in an area of non-strength for me. And so knowing how we can rely on each other and complement one another. And and teams that don't conflict, to me, that's the biggest fake ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Relationships blow, you know, blow up. I mean, there's going to be times where you're just like, I don't think so, you know. Right. Um, Yeah, having, having those you know, disagreements, but I, I hear you. Sometimes you just got to agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point though, about, um, you know, how do you be aware of your team members' strength and their weaknesses and where they're coming from? Um, I know one of my coworkers and I now, we have very different styles and we kind of joke um, I'm a little more of a rule follower. So I joke like I I keep us in line, but sometimes he's the one to give me that push to like take a risk and, and let's go ahead and do it. So we balance each other out really well. And I think if you couldn't identify those things about your coworkers, if you don't get to know them well enough and and understand what they're good at and what they're working on, it can easily result in conflict because you don't really understand each other. So yeah. And you've got to have those conversations. When you're not in the middle of a battle. Yes. 
you've got to have those conversations when everybody's calm and you you can find levity and you know Lindsay likes to color inside the lines and you know coworker joe over you know well it's just a suggestion the speed limit you know i mean it's just nice to know you might think about going 35 down this stretch of road you know and you've got to do that when emotions aren't aren't high and flaring and yeah absolutely absolutely so when you think about coming into a team and you think about these conversations how important is it to have good manager, good supervisor? It's been so important. And I've um, I've had a couple of really great bosses. I have a great boss right now. Um, and then I've had a boss where I didn't really see eye to eye and had a hard time communicating. And that's that's a struggle. You know, it's, it's important to feel that your boss has your back, um, that they have your goals in mind. Um, it's important to have a boss, you know, who is finding opportunities for you. Like they listen, they know what you're interested in. And then when they hear of things come up like a project or something that they think of you and tell you right away. Um, so that you, so that way you know, they're, they're there to help you grow. Um, and they have your best interests at heart. On the flip side, I, I had a boss for a while who, um, I was one of three people in a position and I kind of felt like she treated us all the same. Like we all had the same opportunities and the same strengths when we were three completely different people. I just knew, you know, I'm like, oh, this just doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like the way it's supposed to be. And and during that time, I had um, a mentor who wasn't my boss, who was wonderful. And I learned so much from. But at the end of the day, she, you know, she wasn't the one I was reporting to. And who you report to is, is so important. It's It makes a world of difference to have someone who's compassionate and understanding and looks out for you. Did that mentor, that's, that's a great topic. Did that mentor, was that an arranged relationship or did, you know, was that something the company offered or did you guys just kind of find each other and that happened organically? Um, This, we more just found each other. Um, She was, she, I didn't report to her, but she was like a leader and somebody I, you know, she sent communication to me and she actually is a fellow Mizzou grad and was a year older than me. So uh, we kind of clicked over that and she had been in my role before um, and had a lot of expertise to share. So she kind of took me under her wing. So I was really lucky um, in that way. It wasn't something formalized or forced. It just happened, you know, and then um, like currently uh, at my job, I have had a more formal mentor and that was also great. Um, I did like I picked the person. Uh, but it was for a, a pre-management program. And so you had to pick a mentor and you had specific classes you were going through. And so I, I, I picked another I, uh, another Mizzou grad who I worked with, um, kind of. So that was kind of fun. But I, I found a lot of value in a mentor and, and having that person that you like really look up to and kind of like, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, what would this person do in this situation? Uh, because you admire their work style and you admire what they've accomplished and and they, you know, look out for you, give you great advice. Mentors are, yeah, I, I've been very lucky to have some really great mentors in my career. So awesome. That would probably be a, a top recommendation when I think about young professionals is, you know, whether it's, it's formal or kind of organic, like you, and you talked about both of those, because even to this day, and I've been, you know, in the world of work, you know, professionally on a career path for, you know, four decades, I still think about 
a person that was my mentor and kind of the idea like, how would I be watching her handle this situation? You know, still. Yeah. Um, Most people stick with you, you know, (laughs) ever, forever find somebody. Maybe they don't even have to know that you're considering them. You know, you could just like gaze at them from afar. You know, I know this kind of creepy, but just kind of like, wow, that's, that's what I want to be when I grow up kind of thing. And I, I still kind of have that thought in my head. You know, I want to be like that when I grow up. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. When you, when you look into the future, so speaking of that, um, when you look into the future and you're looking forward, what are you, what does that look like for you? Oh, good question. <laughs> I, I ask myself that all the time. <laughs> um, but I think for me, what it looks like, um, when I think about the things that I love about my job now, so um, I love all the problem solving I get to do. I I work with, um, actually, one of our clients is um, the Department of Defense. So I work with servicemen and women to improve their health care. And it's so rewarding. Um, and it's so fun to work and problem solve. Um, so I know that, um, you know, in the future, I want to do something where I'm working with people to help solve problems. And also, I've, I have a lot of autonomy in my job, which has just been really important to me. And I've I found I really value it. I like that if I have an interest and I, you know, I'm still getting all my other responsibilities complete, that I can take time to learn a new skill or to, um, you know, try like, hey, why don't we try this tool or try to organize things in this way? Um, I've gotten to do a lot of stuff like that in the last year, and I've had so much fun doing it. So I know in the future, I would want to have a job where I still have a lot of autonomy to try new things and um, try new methods, see what works, get feedback. Um, Because I'm so used to it now. I'd have a really, really hard time if I didn't have any autonomy in my job. So those are a couple of things that wherever I see myself, uh, whatever it is that I'm doing, I know I would want to roll with those two things, problem solving and autonomy. It was said many, 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 many years ago, but, you know, if you if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And, you know, I always wish that upon people that they just find the work that they absolutely love doing, um, because then they'll never think it's work, right? It'll just be, you know, Mm -hmm. just living out of their passion, um, for sure. So just kind of, you know, winding down, you know, be, be that sage advice, give us, give us words of wisdom, you know, just thinking about, people starting out their careers and kind of making that transition and giving them the momentum to, to push forward. What, what advice would you give? I would tell people, uh, you know, just starting out in the world, in the work world, be resilient. You know, you're, you're going to be in situations that are hard or uncomfortable. Um, you're going to have times where you're like questioning if you, if you like this job or not. Um, but just, just be resilient. You know, you can learn something in every single situation. Um, actually, uh, Ray, you told me this, I remember having this conversation at MTI, but you, you said, you know, you're like, give every job a year and no matter how it turns out, you're always going to learn something. Um, and I've just always remembered that, um, like when I, had, you know, maybe had a harder time at work and I was debating, is it time to leave this role? And, make a jump to a different industry. I had had about like a year in my role. I wasn't loving it. I wasn't happy. And I'm like, I've 
learned a ton um, and I've learned what I like and don't like. <laughs> and, and it kind of like gave me the courage to make that leap. So I always remember that you said that to me. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think somebody countered me on that one. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I think somebody was like, no, you know, you should stick it out. You should stay. And I'm like, she's 21. You know, <laughs> she has her whole life. Yeah. There's lots yeah, of things. No, Don't be no. great. A year is pretty solid. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, you know, if you're getting to the point and you're compromising your happiness, not yeah. worth it anymore. So, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, the money's never that good. Yes, <laughs> that's so true. Absolutely. So true. Absolutely. Well, I am so delighted. I cannot believe it's been, you know, a, 10 years since I we, know. I mean, seven to 10, I guess, but, um, <laughs> you're, uh, you know, you left the nest and now you're this wonderful career woman. I loved my time at MTI and working with all of you. I, uh, always say it's what taught me a lot of time management and how to be a detail oriented person, <laughs> 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 putting together our booklets and all yes, oh my gosh. So and now we're, I, I loved it. I had so much fun. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad. I just want to say thank you so much. And for everybody out there that's listening, thank you for joining us and go be great. Thanks for listening to the weekly workplace hosted by the Missouri training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu.